Hello and welcome to the Oklahoma Drill. It's Ryan here, this time with Alex and Nathan. And before we get off, get started here, I, I figured I'd, uh, I'd open with some words of wisdom. Aristotle. That's why I'm a philosophy major. Tragedy. Tragedy in Kansas. I lost a father to me. Got a new one. And now we're going to have some triumph. Response? Uh. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well, okay. Breckenhager is the worst, is my my response. I mean, He's going to go have him some triumph against Kansas. Um, yeah, that's all I, that's that's all we have to say about that. Like, yeah, Breckenhager is going to be made worst. to publicly apologize for this interview, and it's going to be for the wrong part, because it should be for whatever the hell I just read. And instead, it's going to be because he said, oh, you sucks. Yeah, or, um, or the fact that he, like, was celebrating after beating Iowa State like they had won something. Yeah. You know? Hey, here's a good question. How many tackles did he have in that game? Don't look it up. I didn't watch three. it, so oh, yeah, I'll say two. I didn't watch it, so I'm gonna... he had a tackle. Ooh. Big, big, it, big impact. Yeah, it was a sack. We'll give him that. But it was a tackle. Okay. Um, Aristotle. I, Okay. He is the worst. Yeah. He is a Chase Winovich wannabe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Real though. Winovich is awesome. Birkin Hager is uh, not. Okay. So, all right. <laughs> Moving on. Let's talk a little bit about the game we're going to watch on Friday. It's going to suck. <laughs> it is okay, not real quick, be... real quick, real okay. quick, real quick, though. Real he quick. He said he had a sack. That is almost 50% of his sacks on the season that he has. <laughs> he has what? Two he and a half two sacks? And a half, two and a half sacks on the year. Yeah. Was one, was one of them against OU? I know he recovered a fumble against OU, but I don't know if he had a okay. sack. I remember he made a play, but I've tried to block out most of that experience because I was in the stands for that, and it was just it, it's pretty yeah. shitty. So. Yeah, he, he recovered the Kyler Murray thing. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. But that, I don't yeah, think you're he right. sacked yeah. us that day. Okay. okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we, I, I'm. We can move on. I'm yes. so annoyed that he might have the potential to cut his hair at the end of the year. You know, because he's saying he he wouldn't cut his hair until they win the Big Twelve. I just I uh, God, it, it only it almost makes me gag to think of that him and Herman potentially winning the Big Twelve. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I was so pissed at West Virginia that they choked that OSU game away and opened the door for Texas. At the same time, that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. I am always here for laughing at teams getting done in by Taylor Cornelius. <laughs> yeah. Can't relate. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. Okay. So, do we have anything else? To s Are we ready for this? Are we ready for West Virginia? Um, <laughs> I think the last thing... Um, does Nathan have any any thoughts uh, that he would like to add of, of the, the about the Kansas game? Um, okay, so I did expect Puka Williams to have a decent game just because I thought he was a good player, but I did not expect him to have that good of a game. Um, just it was just revolting. It, it was I. It was probably the closest, like, just visceral, like, response I've had to watching a football game 
um, an OU defense play since probably the 2016 Tech game. I don't know, just because with because there were multiple factors. Because of the team they were playing, just the sheer lack of whatever factors, hustle or want to, mm-hmm. all that stuff, just... I they didn't play well the second half of Georgia. They got ran all over. But at least with that I could rationalize and say, well, it's you know two first round picks of running back and all that stuff is Georgia. This is fucking okay. There's an explicit tag. I'm sorry. This is Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kansas. Yeah. Like uh, it, it's Kansas. It's Kansas. And Puka Williams is talented. He was the best recruit they've gotten in who knows how long. But still, it's it's Kansas, and uh, I, that's basically just my lap, my repeating final thoughts is just me laying in bed that night, just thinking it was Kansas over and over and over again. Just it was it was bad. Let's change the subject because I'm get, I'm having PTSD. <laughs> okay. So yeah. so one of the one of the last things that I want to talk about, and it's not even about the Kansas game, but. We were just so triggered on our last podcast that I just completely forgot to mention it. Um, we never mentioned the Amani Bledsoe situation. Oh, right. Yeah. And I think that's worth talking about a little bit because yeah. we get to, we might get to bitch about something that's not our defense for once. So that's fine. Yeah. I mean, um, it is our defense, but it's well, not our defense's fault. he is a defensive fault. player. Yeah. Um, so Amani Bledsoe was announced with the seniors on senior day. Um, which would seem odd in that he is in his third year at Oklahoma. Um, but if you guys remember, he was suspended for a full year for failing a PED drug test. And that is seemingly going to cost him two years of eligibility, which... I literally do not understand. I here's and, okay. So here's my question: How did this not happen to Will Greer? That's exactly I. I don't know, Nathan. Do you have anything on that? I I haven't seen why the. I mean, I I've asked the question and I've got no definitive response from you know uh, various reporters I pay to feed me information. Um, <laughs> You know, there there are there the only question I've seen or the only response I've seen to any possible question just maybe there was a rule change between years, but even that was more throwing out a possibility, not a, like a a certainty or not really you know something that they've figured out. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy that you know he took a powder that like his buddy gave him, then he didn't realize it was banned. And now he's going to potentially be able to lose, have to lose two, if you add it all together, two years of eligibility for like a scoop of powder. Are you serious? Like, it's not like he was, yeah. you know, abusing roids, you know, over and over again and was a multiple yeah. repeat offender. I don't understand why it's this drastic of a penalty. Yeah. Yeah, I I have no understanding of it because it's not just i mean he lost two years of eligibility but also his first two years at ou he was suspended for like half of the years you know so basically Mm -hmm. he got two 
two seasons. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he had his half a year, a half a year, and then he'll have another year. So yeah. I guess, I mean, he's that's two full years out of his four. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. It, and then, you know, it, it all, and it almost basically t- says, unless you don't want to pursue a potential NFL career, you're, you're not going to be able to finish out your degree. Like, yeah. what message does that send? So you choose between your lifelong dream or, you know, finishing your college degree, but you don't get the opportunity to stay your full four years and have the opportunity all these other guys get. It's, it's just ridiculous. I don't, it just, yeah. it's a bad look for the NCAA, which is used to it, but still. Yeah, it's, it's hardly uh, surprising. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a dumb situation, and it sucks for him. Um, and that's the other thing is he he's like the most. If you listen to the coaches talk about him or just listen to his interviews, he's like a real unassuming kind of. You know, seems like a decent guy. It's not like you know he's he's not a broken hater. So it's it's hard. <laughs> it may you feel bad for him too, just as a person, um, mm-hmm. because he's not you know he's the last person. You know, well, not the last person, but he's kind of like. I don't know. I can't. I'm. I'm. I'm my mind is going different directions because it. You know, it's just somebody that you you wouldn't think of as you know intentionally abusing a drug to gain an unfair advantage against his competitors. He's he's just you know taking a powder and it ended up being banned and now he's paying a huge huge fine for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It sucks. Um, do we have anything else to say about this? No. I mean. It's kind of interesting to see the the coaching staff has made a a, a JUCO offensive line or JUCO defensive line offer, kind of in response to this situation. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, like I don't think he's like a huge loss as a player because he's just kind of average in every way, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're gonna be sitting yeah. next year and be like, oh god, if we had Amani Bledsoe, we would have won that game. You know, that's not <laughs> yeah. how it's going to be. Yeah. But it, like, Now, he has defended more passes than all but two of our defensive backs. But yeah, Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's like the one thing he's been good at this year. Other than that, like, I can't really think of any other plays he's made. But he does get his hand. He does knock, knock down some passes every now and then. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah. What's uh, – I think, I think West Virginia – is is the next the next step okay into it yeah uh, uh so the mountaineers um gonna be in morgantown on friday night i'm already not jazzed about that like immediately like set it, a friday night football game which are usually weird um <laughs> in a place that has a propensity for weird football uh, um yeah it's gonna be an interesting it's going to be an interesting crowd. It's going to be an interesting situation. Were, were, were we all there in, what was it, 2012, whenever the 50 to 49 game? I, was I wasn't not, there. I you was weren't there. there? Yeah. Yeah. That was the, so I, yeah, so I've been to one of these outrageous shootout y games in West Virginia. It's actually pretty fun. It's a good atmosphere. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, um, it is definitely, that, that place is hard to get to. If you are yes anywhere that is not you know chartering straight like chartered flights, you have to like fly into Pittsburgh and then drive for an hour or whatever. 
it's all these little tiny windy roads where you're especially because we were on these charter buses where the buses have to go at like a mile an hour to take the curves it's one might almost call them country roads oh that's true (laughs) but um um but yeah yeah it's a people get to drink there people they advertise coal you know repeatedly on the jumbotrons they're really about Uh, coal there it turns out um yeah it's like they had the whole coal it leaves it keeps the lights on ads campaign just over and over and over again um anyway it was a it was a fun trip but outside of pepperoni rolls I, i can't think of anything too i mean it's pretty i guess there's a yeah it's pretty there's a Bob Evans right across from our hotel. <laughs> so, oh man, yeah, yeah. So that's there's your scene setter. That's West Virginia for you. Um, it is call me too. <laughs> um, no, the, for it to be a proper scene setter, what you got to do is you got to yell, but like quietly. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Sorry. Hang on. That's, that's <laughs> how I watch most OU games: yelling but quietly. Hang on, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go get a drink or something. You guys continue to talk. All right, gotta vamp. Yeah, we'll we'll vamp. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I think you know, just in terms of my attitude going into this game, is I'm trying to remember the last time I've been more certain we were going to lose a game going into it. Um. And do what? I don't remember. I don't remember how I felt against Ohio State in 2016. That's the last time I could like maybe felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought we were gonna win that one. I was a little more less certain about 2017 maybe. Right, okay. Yeah. Um. I can't. Yeah. I know. I know. 2015 Baylor. I think might be the. Um, I remember specifically on this podcast picking OU to lose that game. Um, yeah. So that I wasn't confident against Clemson answer. in the playoff. So yeah. that might be my answer. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would probably be my answer. I don't have any like proof because I, I don't remember actually <laughs> saying it. But I, I'm pretty sure I was not confident in that game. Yeah, that was that was one where I just I got at that point of the year I didn't realize how big a difference there was between OU and a team like Clemson. So I, I thought we were gonna win that game. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think but, I had too many like bad memories about the shitty what what bowl game is that called in Orlando? Uh, Citrus Bowl or whatever? Russell Athletic Bowl. Oh yeah, the Russell yeah. Athletic. Yeah, that, that I think that was too like stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and their stupid like C-L-E-M-S-O-N chant it's like could you be any less <laughs> original but yeah. the little delay this the delayed in I think that really annoyed me about it yeah they spell out it's their like name it's like they have to think about it yeah yeah there's like a, <laughs> there's like this, this slight pause and that's what it that's what's annoying yeah um are we talking about how we feel about this game compared to games in the past yeah, this yeah. is the last time we felt really confident we were going to lose going into a game. Yeah. Um, well, I do remember uh, 
Alex did predict we would lose the 2016 Ohio State game. Um, uh, 2017, I think. I think I picked us to win 2016. You I'm did, you, sure. and you picked us to lose 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but even that one, I just, I like, kind of had a feeling, like a decent feeling going in that we were at least gonna like represent ourselves well. Like I yeah. thought, mm-hmm. yeah, we might lose, but I think we're gonna show ourselves better than we did in 2016. You know, like I didn't think we were gonna get run off the field. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I don't have a good feeling about this. It just, to me, if you look at it, like, you know, I look at the fact that we're we're on a 20-game true road game win streak. And, like, I don't know, just to me, it's like that kind of just says we're due for a loss, you know? Like, yeah, it's, it's almost, almost kind of setting up perfectly for it. Yeah, it's almost been too long. Yeah. And it's just, like, this team, to me, is isn't peaking like by any means like by no. no means are we peaking right now so i i just i don't have a good feeling about this going in yeah, yeah. I, I think if they i i really think like if ou doesn't have a good first couple of drives it could get ugly quick uh yeah yeah i think it's either ou wins in a close game where they get beat by four touchdowns like i don't really if they lose i almost don't expect it to be close um yeah so yeah it'll be i think the first quarter is going to be extremely telling right um, yeah, yeah definitely definitely can't yeah. start this game like we did in tech you know yeah they can't and they can't yeah they can't afford to have interceptions uh for, yeah. you know lots and lots of reasons but mm-hmm. um right since you can't yeah. give Will Greer even more opportunities because, I mean, the state of this defense, they will capitalize on them. So Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I will say that I do feel like my confidence level about this game is actually pretty similar to 2016 Ohio State, which mm-hmm. is, um, like, I guess, or not 2016, 2017 Ohio State, um, which is, like... I guess that's a good sign because we won that game, but like I wasn't expecting us to win that game. This feels um, a lot to me like whenever OU went to OSU last year, except um, I don't I don't have the the gentle um, confidence of knowing that it's bedlam and OU wins bedlam almost every year. Yeah, so, but other well, than that, it's like almost the exact yeah. same situation. Yeah. Well, you know, just settle into the conference to the confidence that West Virginia hasn't beaten us in conference play yet. Which yeah, that true. that or though that leads the bedlam's back almost the, like its own thing. We're due for one. <laughs> West Virginia just hasn't beaten us because they haven't been as good as us. There have been years OSU yeah. that should have beaten us and they just didn't. Um, right, mm-hmm. right, for sure. Yeah, and like yeah, like you said, you know, we're on a twenty-game winning streak. You know, that's going to end at some point. And, you know, Morgantown seems like as good a place as any. And yeah. we, have, we haven't we have lost to West Virginia yet. We've cut it close a couple times. And we've gotten mm-hmm. out of there alive. Um, you know, that 2012-50-49 game, like, I don't know how we won that game. You know? Yeah. Like, Tavon Austin yeah. had, uh, it was yeah, like, 350 yeah. yards rushing and 300 yards pass or receiving or some just insane yeah. number. Yeah, we no, can... like they had the table on Austin. Geno Smith was was incredible that night. 
and Landry Jones put it together. You know, like yeah, yeah, we can, yeah, we can all thank Landry Jones and NFL Man of the Year Kenny Stills. That's right, Landry and Kenny got it done. Um, which guys, that 2012 receiving core was unbelievable. Like, <laughs> yeah, Jalen Saunders, the, Justin Brown, Kenny Stills. Yeah, that's one of the things that I like to kind of throw because a lot of people will kind of talk about how Landry Jones is underappreciated at this point, and I kind of feel like he is properly appreciated, you know, and like I understand <laughs> yeah. he put big numbers up and I think people are, we're kind of to the point where, you know, while he was here, he was underappreciated, but I think we've gotten to a point where it's like people are overrating him now. Yeah. Um, and I, well, just I mean, look at the talent that was around you, him. You can't look at numbers alone or else Timmy Chang would be the greatest quarterback of all time. Like you right. that can't be the only thing you look at. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, nothing like against that. Timmy Chang because I. Um, like Chang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that 2012 Shout receiving out. core was just unbelievable. So, um, to just kind of yeah. get off on a tangent, like, how lucky was OU that they got Saunders and Brown on transfers? That was that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, no, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, my only shout out to the like, air quality in Fresno that got yeah. Saunders the release. Yeah, yeah, really, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so back back to twenty to twenty eighteen. Here we are. Um, I guess I mean I think most of us, you know, people kind of have an image in their head of what a loss looks like. We've already even kind of talked about it. Um, it's probably a loss is probably going to look a lot like what Oklahoma State did to us, except for it's going to be Will Greer doing that instead of Taylor Cornelius, and Will yeah. Greer is better. And he won't um, be missing open receivers. Yeah, he won't be missing his guys like Taylor Cornelius did. Um, mm-hmm. But what does a win look like for Oklahoma? Um, I mean, <laughs> run the ball close. for 350 yards. Uh, yeah, more prolonged drives probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my only thing about that is that I don't know if we have the running back depth to commit to yeah, we have, those we like have grind it out to end the game drives. Unless Jeremiah yeah. Hall, who let's talk about Jeremiah Hall, running back number two. <laughs> Oh my god. He actually didn't look that that awful at it. Uh, right. He stiff armed a dude into the into the dirt. Yeah. And three years of being ready for his blossoming was vindicated for me. Two years, but sure. Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I was ready when he I was ready when he was a commit. That's oh, okay. There. I see. I got you. Okay. Yeah, I'm all I'm all about seeing Jeremiah Jeremiah Hall with Kobe Tillman blocking for him. That, that's that's a good situation. And Carson Meyer. Can we also just shout out Carson Meyer just because he's having a better year than I ever actually expected him to have? Um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't know if coming in they would let him catch passes. Yeah, like I, I mean, I, of course I was let him run seam routes. So yeah, but he's like actually shown some good hands and stuff. Like shout out to the boy. But um, yeah, like. I, I mean, it, they they talked about, you know, Sermon might be able to play. Pledger might be able to play. But, I mean, <laughs> even if they can play, you wouldn't think they'd be full go. So it's almost, you know, by default going to be probably 80% Brooks and then whatever Kyler does. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they can give Brooks the ball 30 times this game, you know. Um, yeah. I think he can handle it. 
because he did that basically every week in high school. But mm-hmm. I mean, he he did drop the he did cough up a fumble last week, and you can't do that against West Virginia, especially in the uh, inside the ten yard line. I mean, right. As you're about to score, you just can't do that. Um, yeah. So. I got to say, I would feel a lot better about handing the ball to Kennedy Brooks like 30 times a game if we didn't have to turn around and play another game after this one if we win. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I'm a little more... I think Trey Sermon is going to be at least as effective as he was against Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... We don't even know I, if he's going to play. I, I know. I, I think he will, though, is my... Okay, fair. Like, okay. I, I think, like, just kind of watching the way he reacted when he did kind of retweet his ankle against Oklahoma State, or against Kansas, like, it uh-huh. looked to me like he was, like, they were throwing him out there, and they were just seeing how he responded, and it just didn't quite go the way he wanted it to. But I think it was a situation where we're playing Kansas, we don't want to push it. You know what I mean? Like, I think, like, against Oklahoma State, I think they pushed it a little bit, and in key situations, he was out there. Um, yeah. And I think that they'll they'll be able to do that with him. And, like, I don't have, like, information, like, and this might just be hopeful, but, like, I think that, that that's how that's going to go. Like, I think we'll at least have Trey Sermon a little bit in some key situations. Well, I hope so, because, I mean, the biggest mismatch, well, I was going to say the biggest mismatch between either team is the OU line and... West Virginia's defensive line, but it might actually be the West Virginia wide receivers and the OU defensive backs. I don't know. Yeah. It's close. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, the biggest mismatch in OU's favor is the offensive line and the West Virginia defensive line. So you would hope that – I mean, and they have some decent players. I mean, uh, they have the guy from USC that's a former five-star that's finally actually playing pretty well. And yeah, they have Kenny another Bigelow. guy. Yeah, Bigelow, thank you, uh, from – Red Bear, Delaware, or some weird place. Yeah. Same high, same by high school as David Sills, uh, okay. and the other uh, defensive lineman is a tr- Cle- uh, Clemson transfer. So they have a couple like grad transfers that have helped them out a lot. Um, but right. you know, OU the OU offensive line should be able to wear them down over four quarters. It's just can they take advantage of it? And you'd hate to, you know, have that, you know. A, a unit as good as the OU offensive line and not be able to take advantage of it just because you're down so many running backs. Um, uh-huh. So hopefully, you know, knock on wood that Kennedy Brooks can stay healthy and then maybe they'll get either Pledger or Sermon healthy enough to kind of spell them, you know, here, here or there uh, yeah. throughout the game. I think a fascinating, looking at the numbers for this game, a f- fascinating aspect of this is the similarities between the West Virginia and Oklahoma defenses in terms of deficiencies, uh, because like they're both, both defenses are like middling to average in terms of like preventing explosive scoring plays. Um, but they are both absolutely horrible about stopping drives and they give, and they both give up essentially five points of scoring opportunity. Like West Virginia's defense is our defense. If our defense was just like, slightly better <laughs> yeah and their uh, offense is our offense if they were just slightly worse yeah or maybe so like, not slightly but if they're just a bit worse yeah so it's like that isn't it that's interesting to me because like yeah. west virginia is actually there they are giving up more points per scoring opportunity than we are right now um <laughs> which is saying something um <laughs> 
which to me means that if this game turns into a like proper shootout, we'll win. Yeah, the weird thing about West Virginia this year is they've been not that great in second halves also. Um, mm -hmm. So even if they, I mean, I said earlier that I feel like if we lose, it'll be, you know, a big loss. But there's the potential of, let's say West Virginia goes into half like up 10. Uh, I mean, that's not, you know, that's not insurmountable because they, against Tech, they got out to a big lead and then choked it away. Against uh, last week against OSU, they were up 17. They gave it away. And I think I'm pretty sure they've done it multiple other times, and maybe just kind of got away with it. But uh, I don't remember if they did that against Texas or not. But I mean, they they have a, a history of kind of having getting off to a hot start and then kind of uh, stalling out a little bit in the second half, not being able to maintain it. So, and our offense hasn't done that at all. Like, they yeah. they haven't always played complimentary football. Maybe they'll have a, but it, it's always like at the worst time the defense finally gets a stop, and then the offense goes three and out or something. But as far as you know, there there haven't been prolonged stretches of just complete you know futility uh, throughout the season. So yeah. that's something to watch, I guess. I don't know. Um, it, they are very similar teams in that. And so whenever that happens, I always kind of lean to the home team. But, you know, yeah, I think I don't know what the weather is going to be like. If it's like really windy and cold, that's also going to be something to watch if it's so, especially in Morgantown, because, you know, it's I wouldn't say mountainous, but hilly. So, yeah, certainly colder up there than how, how it gets here. Yeah. So Friday. It's there's a high of fifty, a low of thirty-five, um, and not, it's going to be forty forty-nine percent humidity. It's actually not going to be a bad day. Yeah. No, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Especially for November, late November in Morgantown. Yeah. So that's that's handy. Um, I think that that's one of the, that's like that's another factor that I think I look at that and I say that's good for Oklahoma if just because like. West, the West Virginia team will be used to playing in weird weather in Morgantown. Um, so it being normal is like, that's another thing that won't affect us. Last time it snowed there, though, uh, yeah. it was 2016. He yeah. had the really long run. Had, so yeah. the OU also gave up like 300 yards to that guy. They got their running back. They got in trouble for incest. I can't think of his name. Uh, oh, yeah. Justin yeah. Crawford. Yeah, Crawford. Yeah, that was a, that was one of the other like really terrible running. That was kind of like a tan, almost a Kansas type performance. Yeah. of like just letting some. That was a fascinating where. Of, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say that was a really fascinating game because it was like, I mean, we doubled them up on the scoreboard that day, but like that was because they were almost allergic to putting the football anywhere. Um, yeah. just they were just like this ball has to go on the ground and it can't be in the end zone, like. They fumbled on the goal line, I think, twice, maybe three times. Yeah, that was just a weird game. And last year's game was weird because they had that, like, Chris Chugovich guy or whatever. He's a grad yeah. – kind of off topic, but he did you know he's a grad transfer to Ohio State now? Anyway, no, I didn't. Um, That's fascinating. Yeah he's, like a, yeah. he's a grad transfer. He's, like, their fourth-string quarterback. He's at Ohio State. It's bizarre. But – because um, he was terrible. But anyway, like, they were running that, you know, <laughs> like – 
weird option with Kennedy McCoy where they scored like 35 against us and they ran up really well, but they, they couldn't throw the ball at all. So they were super one dimensional. But uh, I just remember last year, like they came out with a whole like new, almost new scheme, like things that they hadn't shown all year um, running the ball with Kennedy McCoy and hit a really good game. Um, uh-huh. right. So that's anyway, it's, I think what it all boils down to is it's just going to be an ugly game and you just have to kind of hope, uh-huh. first off, you just have to hope that we can keep pace with them. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully it comes down to Kyler versus Greer in the, in the fourth quarter. And I feel, com- you know, fairly confident yeah. that that's, that's what happens. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Like the ideal situation is that the game ends tied. And the teams mutually decide that they're going to decide it with a foot race between Wilger and Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah, I like her. I, mean, I, like her I would be pleased there. with that result. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think you know, obviously, it's going to take a, a monumental offensive effort. Um, and you know, this is probably a situation where Kyler's going to have to just have maybe his best game of the year you know yeah um, he's got, like obviously like he can't turn it over there just can be no turnovers but he's gonna have to get it done with his legs and through the air like it's gonna have to be a complete dominating effort from kyler or else i just i don't think we can keep pace with this uh west virginia offense because you know i'm not the biggest will will greer fan like i don't I think he's okay. Like, I think he's a good quarterback, but I, yeah. I've never thought that he was like a Heisman type guy. You know, mm-hmm. I know he had that throw against Texas, but like, I just, again, I'm not, I'm not big on Will Greer, but mm-hmm. who I am big on and think he's really good at what he does is Dana Holgerson. And yeah, yeah, like that guy always seems like just watching him against Oklahoma State this past week. You know, like especially in the first half and really into the third quarter, it's just like he always knew where to attack the defense, you know, mm-hmm. like he would get him, you know, it'd be second and 25 <laughs> and yeah. he would run a draw play like directly where the defenders were vacating, you know, yeah. like it's yeah. like he knew exactly where their defenders were going to go. And I kind of uh, I kind of like the uh, chances of him knowing exactly what our defense is going to do because our defense is very predictable. Um, you know, particularly with, with Ruffin McNeil in charge. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm a little bit worried about that specifically, you know, um, yeah. obviously worried about the secondary holding up, but I think that, you know, there's going to be some, some chances for them to just like I could see multiple times during this game, it gets to be third and twelve, and we're in our stupid dime package, and he's going to run a draw play with Kennedy McCoy, and he's going to get like seventeen, you know? Um, yeah. And that that yeah. is something specifically that I'm just I am dreading that, and You're, it's going to infuriate me. I, I know I saw on TV on the broadcast a couple of weeks ago where they said something along the lines of like OU has like the it's like the sixth best team in the country at that time at third and long and i just don't know where the hell they got that stat because it sure doesn't feel like it, it no, to me it's well, like i i am never le- i am never almost less i'm almost more confident when it was like third and four than when it is like third and eight or longer i just have no confidence whenever it gets in those situations 
because I know we're going to rush no one. And I know our secondary can't cover for more than like a second and a half. So it's almost inevitable that they're going to pick it up. And I just, I remember seeing that stat. I think it was against K-State. They showed that on the, on the broadcast. I just couldn't believe it made no sense to me where the hell they got that stat from. Well, I can say that um, success rate against us on third and long is 20.7%, which is 36th. Um, and that is significantly yeah. better than on third and medium and third and short. Yeah. Third and medium, by the way, success rate is 59%, which is 123rd. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, Maybe I'm used I to third and mediums. Right. Third and medium. Yeah. And I think that the the ones that – and, like, you've got to think about the Texas game where we had them in third and 20, and we didn't give up a first down on those. But we gave up 18 That's true. yards to where it was like, now they're in a situation where we just absolutely are not going to stop anybody in a fourth and one or fourth and two. Yeah. So, have we stopped anyone all year in something like in one of those scenarios? Because I don't. If we have, it's been very, very few times. In a, I think you know, short yarded situation. Yeah, it's been very few. Though, like honestly, and this still is ridiculous. But I remember one against Kansas State where they didn't run the ball; they tried to run like a an RPO type thing. Oh and yeah, I do. I do remember yeah. that. Now that you he tried that. to throw it to the perimeter, and the guy just dropped it. Um, <laughs> so like that's like maybe the last one that I remember. Um, yeah, that actually was actually stopping. That was just a dumb play call by whoever was calling plays for K State. Right. Um, tried to get too cute. Yeah, absolutely. we didn't really do anything. We didn't do anything on that. That was just bad execution on the dumb play call. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I remember that. Now that you say that. Um. But yeah, and I just. Like Dana Holgerson is just—he's very good, man. Like, and if, Dan, uh-huh. if Dana Holgerson is as smart as I think he is, as soon as West Virginia is past their own forty, I'm going for it on every fourth down. I'm, yeah, yeah. I have no reservations about you know if I'm even close to midfield, it is for every every situation is four down territory unless it's like third and twenty, and even that I would almost or fourth and twenty, even that I'd almost think about it. Because we just know they've shown no ability to consistently get teams off the field. Yeah, um, and the thing well, about we, like giving a team the confidence to play with that mentality is that that opens up the playbook on third down too. Oh yeah, which just exactly can set the up the fourth down. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. And if you're and we, if you're yeah, go ahead. Well, we have a hard enough time getting teams off the field in three downs. So if you're giving yeah. them twenty five percent more of of a chance to get that first down. Like I just, it, I just don't think we have a chance in that situation, you know? Yeah. I, I, it's just, I, I like, I remember one time David Beatty last week punted and they were near midfield and it was, I don't remember what it was, fourth and six or fourth and five. And I was a little surprised he decided to punt. Cause I was like, I was just thinking to myself, Oh, you show no real ability to stop you. Um, so why not hand it off to Puka? Right. Guys averaging 16 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Um, why not see if you can get this? Because if they had converted and scored on that drive, I think it would have cut it back down to a single possession game or something, some type of situation like that. Um, there are plays to be, you know, there are situations that are there for the taking. Um, and I think Dana, I would be really, really surprised if he, uh, played this like a normal game where he was punting yeah. every fourth down. Yeah. Yep. 
No, I, I especially with the receivers agree. they have, because they have really yeah. they have three really good receivers. And they, yeah. like just throw a slant to David Sills and just see if we can stop it. Yeah. I can tell you right can't. now we can't. And I mean, <laughs> Sills will probably have a safety over top of him, so that means Gary Jennings is going to be one on one with Parnell Motley or mm-hmm. Trey Brown or whoever. I mean, that's just you're just asking for it at that at that point. So um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that doesn't even – I can't remember their third receiver, but he's another really good player. Uh, I don't even want to think about who will be covering him. It'll be Buki, I guess, in the slot. and It's just – Buki or Justin Broyles. Yeah. Well, it won't, I, I would be surprised if Broyles plays. Oh, week. right. I guess it's possible. Yeah, I, for, I forgot that he almost died. My bad. Yeah, yeah the people were saying – like, Yeah, do we have any idea that, what that was? Uh. I mean, I haven't seen anything definitive. Um, people, I've seen that he'll be fine, but I think he might be in concussion protocol this week. So I would be a little bit surprised if he played this uh, weekend. All I like, all I saw about that was his tweet afterwards saying he was fine. Like, which is which was good because like, like he didn't even look concussed. Like he looked. Like, yeah, borderline what, I, what paralyzed. I saw was that he got. Like sometimes, apparently, if you get hit in a certain way, it can kind of mess up your motor function, which is, you know, <laughs> yeah. Whenever you whenever you start hearing that, it's like, okay, it's just a game. Okay. You don't need to play next week. But uh, yeah, um, I, I I what I've seen is you know people that have talked to whoever don't seem to think it's anything you know career threatening or even mm-hmm. for the rest of the season. But as far as next week, I think it'd be a little bit surprising if he played. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, receivers for, um, West Virginia, by the way, I'll just list them. You've got Sills, Jennings, Sims, Simmons, and then tight end Trevon Wesco. Simmons, yeah. that's who I must have been forgetting. Yeah. Yeah. Sims and Simmons is going to throw you. Yeah. And they also have a fairly, they have two good tackles. I don't really know how good the interior of the row line is, but they have two pretty good offensive tackles. Could you still... I've seen him in like mock drafts. A lot of people have him in their first round uh, mock drafts. So yeah, uh, yeah. that'll be good well, for our non-existent defensive, you know, pass rush specialists. Yeah, that just yeah, it just ex- it's going to make the problem worse because like we can't get pressure against bad offensive lines. What makes us think we're going to be able to get any kind of pressure on a good offensive line? You know? Yeah, ex- unless it's. Unless it's Bolton, like on an inside uh, blitz, I think that's like the only situation that we ever get any pressure from. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which, again, like we talked about last week, screw it. Why not just do just that then? Every, just screw just it all the time. Nothing yeah, else just, works. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I think I think we should go. Let's talk about let's give like players that we think are gonna need to have a good game on let's start with the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we gonna have to see like from some players for us to have a chance in this game? Um the um the interior line is gonna have to step up. Uh, the guys like uh Famato and um Lazo, like those guys. And Kenneth Mant too. Um like <laughs> Will Kenneth Mann the get entire a sack? Difference. No. I just want one from Kenneth. That's it. 
it would be great. It would be really good. Um, it was um, <laughs> so when I joined the OU club of Portland for the Army game, there was one guy there in a Kenneth Mann jersey, and me and this other guy were trying to figure out what this guy knew. <laughs> and apparently, yeah. this guy knew that Kenneth Mann was going to get a pick. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, maybe he'll get a sack. You know, he was a player last year who came up in big. You know, came up and made plays when it mattered. Um, and I don't know. Maybe it'll he actually way matter. better off the bench. I, I kind of wonder if, you know, he's been, he was hurt earlier in the year, and I just wonder how healthy yeah. he's been all year because he hasn't been nearly as. Uh, yeah. Well, he's explosive. also been playing like yeah. all the friggin' time. Like, you know, he we're wearing him in the snaps the same degree we're wearing Oboe into the ground. We're not even getting the production. Right. Yeah, um, I don't know. I it's hard for me to envision really anybody having success. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'll say Robert Barnes. How about that? Okay. Um, I want to see if you know maybe he can get a pick. Uh, can continue his two point conversion? You know dominance. Um, maybe he can have some some good run support. I don't. I'll, I'll say Robert Barnes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Kenneth Murray because that dude needs to play well. Like he's supposed to be. Like he's the guy. Anytime they interview, like on Mondays, they send someone up to the podium to talk defense. It's always Kenneth Murray. Like he is kind of the the face of that defense. Yeah, and, he's been giving canned answers the last nine weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Like that dude. He's got like his personality has just become a robot. It's, exactly, it's kind yeah. of depressing. Yeah. 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 Like he needs to play, man. Like there were too many. Like he was awful against Kansas. Like he was just terrible. Pretty much anybody involved in that play where Puka Williams like threw three guys off of him and kept running. Like those guys <laughs> need to step their shit. <laughs> that was Bolton. Up. Bolton was the worst part of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, okay. I'm having flashbacks yeah. again. Well, yeah. To me, the thing about Bolton is just like think about the, like both the size and age difference between Ken- Curtis Bolton and Puka Williams. Right. <laughs> and yeah, gave him a thank you back. Um, but yeah, no, I agree that Kenneth Murray, like, he's the leader of this defense. He is. I mean. He is a player who has the potential to be a great linebacker. I still believe yeah. this. Um, he, has the, he has all the potential. It's just, yeah, I don't know. He, I don't, I'm starting to wonder yeah. if the instincts are there. Yeah. If he, 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 I just want him to make plays. I just want yeah. anybody on this defense to make plays. And I think yes. it would be him. It's the Florida State do something campaign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is very much a do something. You like kick the rock yeah. as I can do something. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. Um, maybe this is the week that Buki's almost play becomes a play. Yeah, he's close. He he reminds me a lot of like Zach Sanchez when he first started playing for, you know, like I remember his Zach Sanchez's very first season starting. He had so many balls hit him in the hands and he just dropped them. Yeah. I feel like eventually they're going to start. It's going to start happening. Yeah. Um, like it feels but, like. Almost twice a game, Buki has a play yeah. where he's like a step away from like making something happen. Yeah, I think it's all. I mean, I think next year it'll really start happening. But damn it, this would be a good, good, a good week to kind of put your first yeah. forward and 
actually earn your little sledgehammer you carry around. Um, <laughs> I hate it. I hate that <laughs> sledgehammer so much. Yeah, it's, it's dumbass gimmick, but whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's that's how we feel about the defense, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's not how I feel. That's the uh, that's the that's the dressed up for for mom and yeah. dad version. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a whole uh, other podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then offensively, I mean, Kennedy Brooks is going to have to be massive because he might like he might be our only healthy running back. Or at the very uh-huh. least, he's going to get the majority of the carries because he's the most healthy running back we have. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Brown, me. yeah, I want to see Marquise have his biggest game. Um, yeah, Marquise Brown has to. Be, yeah. I need I need CD Lamb to step up because he hasn't had an amazing game since that K State game. You know, the last couple like two or three games, I guess the last three games, like he's been okay to good, but there's yeah. just been some stuff that he, like he's dropped some passes that I'm not used to him dropping. Like mm-hmm. we can't have dropped anything. Like we, this <laughs> offense is going to have to be basically perfect. Mm-hmm. And that that's, you know, he's done a really nice his, job returning punts, yeah. but yeah, like, just overall his, his job as a receiver has not been quite as clean as what I have been. It, it goes back to that. Them. It goes back to that same old, extremely frustrating argument that basically our offense has to be perfect to win games. Yeah, it's like right. You can't. It's not a sustainable way of being a successful program. You can't expect to be the top one offense every year. Uh, to continue. Yeah, and to when you are top one in offense, you should be a national title contender. Right. Yeah. Not you know hoping to win a. Let's be honest, a down year in the conference. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's my that's my frustration. Yep. Um so let's let's go to score predictions here. Okay. <laughs> um, Who wants to start? Ryan? Oof. Let's see. Let me look at what is what does S P plus say it'll be? Oh, it doesn't say. That's a shame. That's usually later in the week. Um yeah. Um it's going to be something stupid. It's going to be like, uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be like 59, 56. So I'm going to predict the win because fundamentally I, I just looking at these numbers actually is refreshing because it's like, I do feel like West Virginia's defense has been talked up more than it deserves. Um, and like our offense is legitimately one of the greatest that has ever existed. Um, and, yeah, so I'm gonna say something like fifty nine, fifty six OU. Okay. Okay. Um, Nathan, you wanna go? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm gonna be Debbie Downer. Uh, I won't say it's gonna be four scores like I said earlier, but I think I'm gonna say fifty five, forty five, West okay. Virginia. All right. I'm gonna go. 58 to 41, we lose. Okay. I thought okay. I was going to be the, the, the worst one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. I, I, I kind of I want to explain just a little bit why I think this okay. is going to happen. Is that on our last podcast, um, 
we talked about how in some ways this offense isn't as good as what it was last year. Um, and, and I think, you know, the main thing last year's offense got to a point where just efficiency was just, it's really, I thought it's biggest strength. I know it was explosive, like absolutely. But the way Baker had things going just from an efficiency standpoint, like everything just always seemed under control. Um, yeah. And that isn't really what I feel like the case is this year. You know, it's just kind of we make stuff happen just because Kyler's so good. And I think that kind of lends itself for, you know, if things aren't going perfectly, things have a chance to go worse than they yeah. really have any business going. You know, I, I'm thinking about Being kind of snowball. Second, yeah, I'm thinking about the second half of the Texas Tech game. I'm thinking about the third quarter in Bedlam where it just, for whatever reason, our offense just wasn't executing yeah. the way it needed to. And unlike both of those games where our defense was able to get enough stops, I just don't think we're going to be able to get those stops. And I think they're going to create some real separation with us. Mm. And, you know, I just, I'm done with this defense, man. Like this defense yeah. is horrendous. Speaking and of, speaking, yeah. Speaking of those games, if I see an offensive lineman just run by someone and punch him after a play, I'm going to just throw something at my TV in this thing. I mean, they should play. It's good to play with an edge, but you can't have those 15 yard penalties nope. in this in this type of game. You just can't do it. You no. you know, play to the whistle, <laughs> play tough, whatever. But you can't. Uh, I get so mad at those types of things whenever yeah. it's in a you know a really tough close game. You just those are gifts to the other team. Yeah, I can't be mad at Cody Ford ever, though. This is this. This was actually I something I wanted to talk about space. last week. It's like, well, it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's like to that's like to me that's the difference between the defense's chippiness and the offense's chippiness is like yeah, I'm fine with Cody Ford handing. Up. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with Cody Ford handing the other team a like a 15 yard gift every game because he's also like the greatest touchdown um, tour guide. That has yeah, ever existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are times I, I guess, I guess, yeah. It's a great point. The defense will. It's that old thing about like the quarterback overthrows the receiver and then the defensive back stumping his chest, acting like he did something. Our defense is the worst about that type of stuff. Yes. They they thump their chest whenever they didn't do anything, and then they get run over the next play or run by. It's just yeah. Like, right. You haven't earned the right yeah. to talk shit. Yeah. And I really, I mean, and not to get back into the mess that was it's our last podcast, but like, back down to it. <laughs> yeah, but like, I really do think that that's a degree, there's a degree to which that's learned helplessness from Mike's just genuine blase beliefs about like the futility of playing defense in this conference. Like, I think they really do think that when, if a quarterback misses, like that means you did your job and that's okay. And that's good. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, yeah, I I've been a little concerned about. I can't tell if well. Okay, let me actually walk that back a little bit. I can't tell if I should be concerned about the way Lincoln's just kind of. He's not as like distraught as I feel like he should be sometimes, but I also just don't think that he's ever going to do that, no matter what. So, I I really wish I had like a. a a way of seeing like the actual state of things. Like how mad is he actually like behind closed doors? Um, because it, I mean, it, 
you'd, you, it has to affect him more than he lets on. And I think he, he finally kind of saw a little bit of that curtain getting peeled back this at the most recent post game. Um, right. Like he was more upset than I've probably ever seen him in that. Even even though he wasn't like you know saving upset, he, he's never going to be that. But um, mm-hmm. it's just I think what's I think what's going to tell that story is how many of these defensive coaches keep their job. I yeah. think if yeah. all of them are gone, then I don't think we have anything to worry about. And I think he is was just as mad as all of us this whole time. Right. Um, oh, if he keeps all like four of them and just gets a new defensive coordinator, yeah, there's an issue there. There's yeah, there was a, a huge problem. Issue. Yeah, yeah, like specifically, if Tim Kish is still on this. If Tim yeah. Kish and to a lesser extent, well, yeah, it, I don't even know if it's a lesser extent, but um, at least Cooks can recruit, you know, at least somewhat well. Kish brings nothing, <laughs> but uh, you know, so if those if those guys are still on staff next year, it's just like, what are we even doing? Why are we? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, or I think we that's. Care? I think we'll find out within the next month, man. I really do. Did you see? Oh, never. <laughs> I was about to talk about uh, privileged information. My bad. Um, should not do that on on our podcast. Um, we'll talk about that after the, the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There no was more listeners of the Oklahoma drill. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Real last thing, I guess, because um, it looks like if Oklahoma wins this game, I mean, we're going to get to play Texas again or yeah, have to play Texas Kansas. again, whatever. Yeah. Unless uh-huh. Kansas somehow beats them again. Um, Which would be hilarious. Would, would be shit, amazing. <laughs> I'm not anticipating Cougar run for 350 next week. Tree pity. Sometimes you have to speak things into existence, Alex. I mean, statistically, Texas isn't that much better on defense, and for some reason, no one ever brings that up. But um, yeah. it's not like they talk shit about ours. Like y'all aren't that much better. I don't understand. But uh, anyway, yeah, I, uh, I would expect I, I would expect Kansas just to get you know destroyed. I think that was like uh, I think it was almost just a you know their one shot. I don't think they can replicate it, but maybe. Let's see. Yeah, I agree. Um, but you know, I'm I know personally I'm not super thrilled about the idea because of I I would love to beat beat Texas and beating them in the Big Twelve title game would like more than make up for losing to them, you know? Yeah. But like can you imagine how awful things will be if we lose to them twice in one year? Yeah. Like that, I'm not sure good. I want I don't want to live in a world that that happens. Yeah, you Twitter. Know? I'd just probably take a nine months vacation. I don't know if I could see Ian Boyd's tweets for the whole <laughs> off season of that. God, yeah. it would just shoot me now. But, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that hurts even. That, see, that's why. That's why I was so pissed at West Virginia for blowing it because they let Texas back into the race. Um, yeah. Yeah. Similarly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that was my comfort. Okay. It's like, even if we lose to West Virginia next week, at least Texas won't get in. But here we are. So. Right. Right. Um, do we have anything else that we want to talk about? We've kind of, this hasn't been like, a, hasn't been like a super organized spot. We've just kind of talked for, for a right. while. 
yeah. you know, the grievances a little bit. Yeah. Do you get, like, I guess, you know, we talked about this last night on our podcast. Um, do you have any thoughts on Pete Golding, Nathan? I mean, I haven't, I, I mean, okay, so I haven't watched, like, his defenses, frankly, ever. I never watched the UTSA game whenever he was there. Um, I mean, I knew who he was because I remember looking at defensive efficiency and SMP Plus and stuff like that last year and wondering, you know, what is what is UTSA doing in the top 10? Like, I remember that. And then whenever he got hired by Alabama, I remember talking about it with probably you, Alex, and, uh, you know, just, you know, being, you know, impressed with – it's kind of like whenever Urban hired Grinch and – Saber and hired Golding. It's like, well, that's why these guys are these guys because they see these coaches and pick them off before they get hired away to be big time coordinators on their own. And so, as far as the rising talent, I was, I mean, I was aware of him, but as far as him particularly, I don't know that much about just him individually, except for what I've read, like in some articles. Um, there was one that was being passed around this last week that I think it was actually put together whenever he was hired by Bama, but they were talking to a USA UTSA writer uh, just kind of about his style and how he's aggressive. He gets, may, may give up some big plays, but they force a lot of turnovers there. He, and this, he wants a three, four, but he was playing, he was fitting this, you know, what they were running to what the personnel was. So they're running more of a four, two, five, whenever they, he was at UTSA, uh, you know, kind of, kind of his, defensive philosophy he'd be playing bigger corners um he'd have a you know, kind of a ball hawk center fielder type safety is um it's being able to help drive turnovers uh i mean everything i read was like yes this is what <laughs> you know they were like all the boxes in your in your head you're checking it's like yes this is what i want to see um because if you're going to get beat at least you know force turnovers while you're at it but um it's, i mean He's fairly young. Uh, he has, frankly, he doesn't have that. His, his hair is a little messy. He needs to get that cleaned up. Or not, actually. It's kind of funny. So he might actually be cool to keep that. He's from, like, Louisiana, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so uh, he has a really, apparently he has a really, th- like, he, he has a thick, like, Louisiana accent, kind of like Farmer, Farmer, so Farmer Fran, water boy. That's kind of how I envision him, like a young farmer. Fan. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so anyway, I, I'm rambling. Um, I don't know that much about him, but part, you know, just from me having watched him and me having formed my own opinions. But from what I've read about him, he seems like a pretty good fit. Um, and then you, know, anyone who's learned from Saban, I can't. I mean, the results speak for themselves at that point. So that that would be. Um, exciting just because you know he's he's spent albeit one year but he spent you know some time with what it should look like so at least he's seen it and he's seen the daily process of it and so you're hoping that if he were to come here he'd be able to uh, take that and implement it in some way at OU because I think we've talked about this I know you and I, Alex, have talked about this. Just is it a more of a talent thing, or is it more of a like worse? Like, are we screwed because of talent, or is it just more effort and just take? Does it take the right guy? And I, I just, 
I don't think we have Alabama's talent, of course, but I also refuse to think that we have worse talent than, say, Iowa State. Um, I think it's the biggest problem is it's a culture thing. I think something is broken on that side of the ball, and I'm ho- hopeful that whoever it is that's hired can fix the culture. Uh, and whatever need, I don't. I've never played football at that high level, so I don't really know what it takes. But whatever it is, you're hopeful that they can instill that. And somebody coming from Tuscaloosa, you would expect to at least have a better shot at it than most. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's my long-winded answer. <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, and again, uh, I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, I think I I think Lincoln, as into recruiting as he is, and I know he said he hasn't even thought about it yet, which that's just flat out not true. Um, as as conscientious as Lincoln is and it is about recruiting, I just can't imagine him not wanting this done before the first signing day. Um, yeah, because if you can, I think, it, I think it's imperative almost. Yeah. If you can get him in before the first signing day, you know, then you can really attack guys that didn't sign on that first signing day as well. well you know, and think about it from a high school. If you were a defensive high school player committed to Oklahoma, would you sign without knowing who your defensive coordinator was going to be? I wouldn't. Yeah. Unless, right. yeah. I mean, so then you run the risk of like multiple, multiple of your defensive commits not signing, and then you had to recruit him a whole extra two months um i mean i don't think it's mm-hmm. something that you'd sign somebody just to sign somebody before or uh you know hire somebody just to hire somebody before the defensive signing day but um i mean i, I think it it's a certainly a factor that you want to try and get it done before that day or else right. you run the risk of having to pot- or potentially losing guys that you could have had wrapped up um, in december yeah, I agree. And, like, they're going to want to – I mean, they don't want to spend more time on guys than they have to because, no. like, they've got they've got some pretty significant holes to fill on that defensive side of the ball. And well, I think, think that well, – go ahead. I was just going to say, just think about, you know, any lots of things can happen in those extra two months. Two years ago, if we had had December signing day, we would have signed Jacob Phillips. Yeah. Just look at what happens in those, those last two months that lead up to February. You don't know. So – Better to get them signed early. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would love to uh, have Jacob Phillips as part of a linebacking uh, core for Pete Golding to work with, but yep. you know. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> Sorry to that. reopen that old wound. But, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, well, if they if they've made it an hour and twenty five minutes into the podcast, then they can probably stand to have that brought up. But. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we have anything else to say before this West Virginia game? I'm done. I think we're going to lose, and I'm not happy about it. If we lose, how many coaches? This time next week, have any additional firings happened? Yeah, I was. I was going to actually. I was going to ask you about that because I know you asked me that this week. Um, Would they do that, considering that there's bowl preparation to go? Like, what would they do if they did that for the bowl game? Um, I, I don't know, but 
that's why I was asking the question because I think it's fascinating. I mean, do you let lame duck coaches go out there, hire or co- recruit kids, sign kids, and then fire them all the while knowing you were going to fire them? Because that's kind of disingenuous to the kids. But yeah. At the right. same time, I mean, I don't, I don't know, know how you handle it. We haven't ever seen it. I happen mean, before. I think so. yeah, like championship week is a really traditional time to fire bad coaches. Like that's this is like usually when it happens, but like hirings and firings that are you have been really unusual recently so we'll see and then with the whole thing if it's golding i mean alabama's going to be in the sec championship game and then they're most likely are going to be playing two playoff games so i mean he's probably not going to be freed up till middle of january yeah uh, so if if they want to hire him when can they actually get him working uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances there but i also i mean i don't if it's me, I don't believe in having coaches go out and recruit that you know aren't going to be there in a month and just selling that kind of false image. I don't think yeah. that reflects, well, you know. Well, the other thing is that I don't think it works. well on your program. No. Yeah. But I mean, right. the coaches know. Yeah. And so they're, you know, they, they're not going to, I mean, it's just human nature. They're not going to work as hard if they know they're going to get fired in a month. Um, mm. So, I mean. Uh, if it was me, I would, you know, put if Cooks were, let's say the Cooks got fired, I would just elevate uh, Chip Viney to full time and let him go hit the road. Um, yeah, you know that doesn't mean he's going to be a full time staffer next year, but for the next month he can be. So right, I would right. just make it work and take your lumps this off season and go hire someone good and do what you can. You can't. Uh, you can't be afraid of the short-term recruiting effects if you're trying to make a long-term culture, defensive, whatever, strategic decision. Yeah. I just don't think that's the right way of going about it. Yeah, well, and, like, my, my thought was just not necessarily even about recruiting. It was just, like, literally who, who like, implements, the you know, who coaches during bowl practice if we fire everybody that should be fired, you know? Because yeah, <laughs> there is a game. You know, like if you if you wipe the the staff clean, like then I just I lit, like don't have any idea what you. And what's Bob doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Bring back Bob. Just see what yeah. he wants to come back and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if like if we lose on Friday and miss the championship, like I can't imagine this team giving half of a shit about a bowl game, like. One third of a shit about a bowl game. Yeah. No. Yep. Does Kyler even does Kyler play the bowl game? If it's like the cactus I, bowl, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, can you blame him if he doesn't? I wouldn't. I mean, I couldn't no. have blamed him if he's he did got a multi-million dollar career at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Like, as soon as he decides he's done playing football, it's like I I have no problem with that. Yeah, it's like right. I, I, if I was him, I would really think about it because I I don't really want to risk blowing out a knee before I go embark on my baseball career. So yeah, for something that has no real um, that doesn't really matter. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, things to think yeah. about. Absolutely. Yeah. All Last right, Kindle season. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! Oh. I know Alex um, is excited about that. I don't know. Maybe we'll get more Tanner Mordecai reps. He's Actually, only had, give me Tanner. 
I would be interested in seeing that. He's only thrown like four passes this year, right? But they were four pretty nice looking passes. (laughs) They look look great coming out of his hands. Yeah, Yeah, I do. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening to the Oklahoma Drill. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or on Podbean. Um, You can follow us on Twitter at RWMaxi and at AlexPPurdy. Um, And if you've enjoyed the podcast, uh, share it with a friend or leave a review. And we'll see you guys after this bizarre nightmare game that's going to happen on Friday.